Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters globally. Today's lesson will be called Running the Race, brothers and sisters. A believer's life is compared to a race. A believer's life is a lifelong, grueling race that entails some hills to climb, uh, some swampy marshes that must be trodden through. To make it to the end, brothers and sisters, you need self-discipline to get you into good shape. You need to maintain motivation and you will need sustained effort because this is a marathon, brothers and sisters. It's a, it's a, it's a long distance marathon. It's not a short sprint, brothers and sisters. So we're going to talk about uh, how we develop that endurance and that self-discipline in order to finish the race, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. New Testament, brothers and sisters. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience into the race that is set before us. Brothers and sisters, notice it says a great cloud of witnesses. Uh, in, in You know, when the Greeks were ruling how they had the Olympics, you would have races with a, a myriad of people watching the race. So there's people watching us, brothers and sisters. The whole world is watching us, uh, you know, watching us complete this race for those of us who are going to complete it. Everybody's not going to complete it, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight. Read that part again, brother. Let us lay aside every weight. It's important to figure out, brothers and sisters, how to avoid carrying extra weight on this race. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Brothers and sisters, the lighter the endurance runner, the more agile the runner, brothers and sisters. Many things slow us down and eventually stall us in the race. Of faith. Now we're going to go into what are some spiritual weights that make it hard for us to run, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4, verse 19 to talk about some of the spiritual weight. We're going to the gospel, brothers and sisters. There are, there are spiritual weights that would impede our, our success at this race, brothers and sisters. We're going to start at verse 19. Mark 4 and 19. These are the weights. And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. The deceitfulness of riches can really distract us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because you handle it right, it can empower you to make a great impact on the world, the society around you. Handle it wrong, however... And it can rob you of your purpose, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? These are, the, these are some of the spiritual weights that can hold you back, brothers and sisters, from completing that race. Mark 4 and 19. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. The cares of this world. I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to live my life. These are the things, brothers and sisters. The deceitfulness of riches. Trying to chase cash, brothers and sisters. It says the lust of other things amongst money. Uh, we lust after uh, material materialism. We lust after a plethora of things, brothers and sisters. And these things weigh us down from completing this race. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 19. And the cares of this world 
and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. See, these particular things choke the word, brothers and sisters. It chokes out that seed that was planted in us, in, in, in all of us, brothers and sisters. Riches prom, promise more than they can deliver, brothers and sisters. They promise security, uh, happiness, and satisfaction in life, but always fail to deliver, brothers and sisters. These are some of the spiritual weights that can impede us finishing the race, brothers and sisters. We're going to Galatians in the New Testament, chapter 5, verse 7. As we're talking about these spiritual weights, those things that weigh you down, those things that are heavy on your heart. We're going to read verse 7 through 9. Galatians 5, verse 7. We're talking about the race. Ye did run well. Read that again, brother. Ye did run well. You were running nobly. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth. What was it that threw obstacles in your way, brothers and sisters? What was it that deceived you, brothers and sisters? What sudden intruder has stopped your path and led you astray? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. Ye did run well. And who did hinder you, you sh that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Right. So certainly this persuasion didn't come from the Most High, whom we owe our calling to. That, that's not who persuaded us to this sinful course of action. Verse 9. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Right. What does that mean? When you put a little bit of leaven in bread, brothers and sisters, it make that bread rise exponentially. Just a, just a tad bit make that bread rise. So just a little bit of sin is going to weigh you down, brothers and sisters. It's going to weigh me down. It's going to weigh us all down, brothers and sisters. It's heavy. And that impedes our ability to run and to be swift and to be agile. This is a race, brothers and sisters. Not a sprint, but a marathon. So we must be able to train ourselves so we'll be able to endure, brothers and sisters. Think about marathon runners. Think about it. If, if, you, don't, if you don't find a sustainable pace... If you move too quickly, if you're not hydrated, these are the things that would prevent somebody from completing the race. So we're going to we're going to go over the the tools that we can use to make sure we finish this race together, together, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 38 and 4 to prove to you that sin weighs us down, brothers and sisters. Psalms 38, verse 4. For mine iniquities are gone over my head. As in heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. See? So, brothers and sisters, sin is heavy. It weighs on a person. When your sin is too heavy for you to carry, submit completely to the Most High and, not, and acknowledge Him as our King. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 4. For mine iniquities are gone over my head. As in heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. Right. See, these are the things that hold us back, brothers and sisters, from completing the race. These are the things that will impede our success, brothers and sisters. So, of course, anybody who's run a race before, if I, you know, if I give you 100-pound weights to put in your book bag and then tell you to race somebody, then it's going to be harder for you to complete that race, brothers and sisters. So what we're trying, to, what we want to do is we want to alleviate some of that heavy burden that come with the world, brothers and sisters, the expectations that come with the world. Well, if I don't have this, I'm not a good man. If I can't afford to get my uh, 
my wife or my girlfriend, these type of things. I'm not a man. Or if I don't have these things, I don't feel attractive as a woman. The cares of the world, brothers and sisters. Well, if I just had more money, all of these things are going to impede because while you're doing that, everybody else is running. So while you're, you're looking for this and you're looking for that, the race is gone, brothers and sisters. The marathon is going. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 4. For my iniquities are gone over my head. As in heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. Iniquity is sin, brothers and sisters. We wanted to go to this particular scripture to show proof that sin weighs us down, brothers and sisters. We're going to Isaiah chapter 24, verse 20. We're going to the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Follow us, please. <clears throat> We're running the race, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 24, verse 20. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage. And the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. See, so brothers and sisters, inv individuals feel the burden of sin. Nations feel the burden of sin. The earth, the world feels the burden of sin, brothers and sisters. However, Christ made us lightweight runners. He took the burden of our sin and placed it on him while he was on the cross, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 20. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage. And the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it and it shall fall. And not rise again. See, when that sin become heavy, you fall and not rise again. If you fall and don't rise, you can't complete the race, brothers and sisters. And so we wanted to show you that it's not just man who's burdened with sin. It's the earth, brothers and sisters. The earth, the sin is heavy for the earth. And that's why there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 119. We're going to Psalms, brothers and sisters. We're going to... Start at verse 32, chapter 119, and verse 32. Psalms 119, verse 32. I will run the way of thy commandments, when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Right. Brothers and sisters, when we're feeling overcome, when we're feeling depressed, we not only walk, but we run in the commandments. Brothers and sisters, can you read that again, brother? Verse 32. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Right. So when it says run in the way of thy commandments, that's an expression of great affection towards the commandments of the Most High God, of great readiness and cheerfulness, brothers and sisters, of great delight and pleasure therein. That's why it says run in the commandments, brothers and sisters. This is how we take off the, the weight of the world, the weight of the sin, the weight of our iniquity, our transgressions, brothers and sisters. This is this is what we must do. This is our training, brothers and sisters. A person who haven't trained is not going to be able to go out one day without training and run a five-mile five marathon and be able to complete it. So we have to train, brothers and sisters. Spiritually, we're training. We're training because it's going to be a, it's going to be a marathon. Sometimes... People come into the truth, realize who they are, and then they just start running full-fledged. Two years later, they gassed out because they went too fast. They just ran it all out, brothers and sisters. Anybody who played any sports understand what that's like. To use so much energy, just like a boxing match. You throw 500 punches in the first three rounds. The next seven, you're gassed. You're gassed. You can't even swing. You can't even block. You can't even hold your hands up. So we have to learn how to pace ourselves, brothers and sisters, because 
when you when you first come into that truth, it's 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 sweet. And you know, it's something that we haven't experienced. So a lot of times we just take off full fledged. Well, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do here. I want to do this. I want to read this. I want to read that. And then you become exhausted because that's what's supposed to be over a five year span and you condensed it to one year. So it's a marathon, brothers and sisters. It's not about who gets there first. It's, that's not what it's about, brothers and sisters. As long as you get there, as long as we get there, that's the ultimate goal, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time before we move on, Brother Corey? Verse 32. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Right. We must run the way of the commandments, brothers and sisters. When you run the way of the commandments, that's like nitrous. That's like a boost in your car. It's like turbo. You know, you play the game. You got that turbo. You, you use it right at the last minute to speed up. This is that turbo, brothers and sisters. This is our turbo. This is our... This is our cheat code. This is what will speed us up, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Galatians 6 and 8. In the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Galatians 6, verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. So we must conquer our sin, brothers and sisters, or it will crush us. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So there's only two ways to live, brothers and sisters. And there's only two outcomes. To live according to the flesh, which ends in eternal death. Or live according to the Spirit, which ends in eternal life, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Right. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Right, brothers and sisters. So if the only thing that you, you sow, the seeds that you sow, anybody who's ever had a garden or done some level of uh, farming, they understand that when you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. So if you, plan, if you plant sin, that sin will come back on you, brothers and sisters. If you plant righteousness and good energy, that good energy will come back to you, brothers and sisters. That energy will come back to you in a righteous fashion. I tell a lot of young brothers, don't be negative. Speak the good things into existence because there's power in words, mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. He said, let there be light. There was light. Yeah. There was power in your words, brothers and sisters. Don't, don't, don't deal with the negativity, brothers and sisters. Don't even let those words pass through your lips because Satan is listening. He can hear you. He can hear you, brothers and sisters. We must kill the sin. We must conquer the sin. In order for us to continue this race. You can't continue this race. If you're continuing the sin. Brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time brother? Verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So we're going to sow into the spirit brothers and sisters. We're going to Romans chapter 8 verse 12. Paul's epistles brothers and sisters. Romans 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. Right. It says we're not, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, brothers and sisters. To defeat sin, remember our obligation, not to the flesh, but to the Most High God. To live according to the flesh means to live under dominion of the flesh, according to its desires, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. 
But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live, brothers and sisters. So to overcome sin, we must put it to death by the Spirit, and we will live, brothers and sisters. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Read that again, brother. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Right. So we have to be led by the Spirit. We must follow His commandments to be viewed as sons of the Most High God. It doesn't matter if you're an Israelite if you're not following Christ, brothers and sisters. And there's a higher level than just following the law because we know the Pharisees followed the law and they didn't make it in. So there's something, it's something greater. There's a greater understanding of just the do's and don'ts, brothers and sisters. And that's the spirit of the law. To overcome sin, to overcome our fleshly desires and our, our fleshly inclinations, we must get close to Christ. We must be students of the Bible, brothers and sisters. We must sit at the feet of our Father, uh, sit at the feet of Christ, brothers and sisters. This is the way because it's a race. A lot of us don't even know it's a race, brothers and sisters. A lot of our people walking, walking backwards. They're not even, they don't even know there's a race. How can you win it if you don't know you're in a race? So we have to wake our people up and let them know that there's a race going on. And that, you know, you need to get prepared. Because we're going to run together, brothers and sisters. We're going to run together. We're going to run with you or we're going to run without you, though. So some people are not going to follow you. Follow, you know, the truth, brothers and sisters. You have to keep going. You have to keep going, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Right. Abba means Father, brothers and sisters. It says that we're not in bondage. Because why? If you live after the spirit, if you receive baptism, if you follow Christ, then you're no longer under, you're no longer under the bondage of sin, brothers and sisters. Verse 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Right, because the Bible tells you, you shall know a man or a woman by their fruits. You can look at somebody in their fruits to understand what kind of person it is. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you have a lot of people out there with no works at all trying to correct you, trying to correct. What about this? Well, what about that? Brother, where are your works at? <laughs> if you don't have any works, you're in no position to try to correct brothers and sisters that's trying to. Uh, you know, do the right thing. Can you read that again, brother, please? Verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our, with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Right, so we're suffering with him. We're suffering for Christ's namesake, <clears throat> brothers and sisters. And if you... If, you, you know, those of us who've been on the streets and lived another life, those who grind with you shine with you. And if they didn't grind with you, they're not shining with you. And that's the same thing biblically, brothers and sisters. If you can't go through this with, you know, with Christ as your, as your lamp, as the most high, as your protector, then you don't deserve, I don't deserve, we don't deserve the reward that come with it, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 17. And if children then heirs... Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, so the affliction, the adversity that we go through, brothers and sisters, can't even compare to which the, which, the reward 
that you all receive if you complete this race, brothers and sisters. This marathon. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So we must prepare for the long haul, for the long run, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Right. So, brothers and sisters, a life of unchecked sin leads to eternal death, brothers and sisters. Unchecked sin will lead to eternal death. So, we must get put our body into subjection, brothers and sisters. You don't need somebody to come tell you, brother, you wrong. You wrong. Sister, you wrong. It, what we try to teach at our church is self-reflection. Because that's really what does the most damage. When you have to look at yourself and compare yourself to the scriptures... Not some man or woman coming to you saying, well, you know, where your beard at, brother? You know you ain't supposed to be there on the Sabbath. You know you ain't supposed to be doing this. You know you ain't supposed to be doing that. Nah. Self-reflection, brothers and sisters. That's what, that's what promotes change. Is when you look in yourself. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They, they don't want to look within themselves, brothers and sisters. Because why? When you look within yourself, you have to deal with yourself. And a lot of our people don't even like ourselves. That's just the simple fact of it. Because why? We're living a life of sin. So if you, you loved yourself, then you wouldn't live that life, right. brothers and sisters. So we must come together, be amongst people of like mind, and run this race together, brothers and sisters. We're going to we're going to Colossians chapter three in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Uh we're going to Colossians 3 and 5. We're going to read 5 through 8. Colossians 3, verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And brothers and sisters, either we kill our sin or the sin will kill us. Not just with an early death, but with an eternal death. Now this is the New Testament saying follow the law. So my Christians out there, why is it saying in the New Testament to follow these laws if the law is done away with? So you must become, we must become students of the Bible, brothers and sisters. We must become students of the Bible. Those who learn from our church, pastors, I, we would be hard pressed to find a pastor that can sit down with you, brothers and sisters. Because you guys are so educated that when they come with this theology, you got the precepts a mile away. You already prepared. These pastors couldn't even sit down with you guys, brothers and sisters. These brothers have been learning for about six months with us, who learned more in six months, all praises be to the Most High God, than they learned in their whole life. And these pastors couldn't sit down with y'all, brothers and sisters, because you guys know the Bible. You study to show thyself approved. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So, brothers and sisters, to deprive a thing of its power is to destroy its strength. It's saying, use no member of our bodies to sin against the Most High God. Keep all under dominion, brothers and sisters, and never permit the beast to run away with the man. Continue, brother. Verse 6. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Read that again, brother. For which things sake... The wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. See? So if we're disobedient, you're going to have a hard life. You're going to have hard trouble. You're going to have more adversity than the Most High intended for you. 
the Most High have what you call his perfect will, and he have his permissive will. His perfect will is what would happen in his perfect world. Permissive will is the things he's going to allow you to get away with, even though it's not his 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 perfect his perfect promise. Continue, brother. Verse eight, uh, verse seven, and the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. Right. So all of us was disobedient at some time, brothers and sisters. And thank God we're not under the law the way we were back then under the rod. Now, are we saying don't follow the law? Absolutely not. We should follow the law, but thank God there's no death immediately. There's still death. The wages of sin is death, but it's not immediate. Because why? There was a time where if, a, if, if some brothers came together and said, yeah, this sister, uh, she was fornicating. Without any proof, this sister was killed. Without any proof. And our people started to use things like that. Well, listen, sister, if you don't sleep with me and this brother, we're going to say you was fornicating anyway. So the Most High had to step in because our people was abusing the law, brothers and sisters. Our people was abusing the law and using it as oppression, brothers and sisters. Oppression. We have to come back to Christ and be in the spirit of Christ, brothers and sisters. Uh, which scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished seven. All right. Can you read verse eight, brother? Verse eight. But now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Right. So, brothers and sisters, to gratify any sensual appetite is to give it the very food and nourishment that it thrives on. And these are the things that sin thrive on, brothers and sisters. Deny ourselves and let reason rule. And that animal will not reign over the rational man, brothers and sisters. Do not allow the beast to run away with the man or with the woman, brothers and sisters. We must control that beast, that thing that's within you, of that wicked heart that we got from our father, Adam, brothers and sisters. We all have that wicked heart, brothers and sisters. We must keep it in subjection because it will hinder us. From getting to the finish line, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. The gospel. We're going to deal with Christ today. We're running a race, brothers and sisters. And we must be properly trained in order to run a race. We must have respect for the race. We must have respect for that race. And properly trained so we're, we're able to complete it. Matthew 5 and 29. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. Read that Read that again, brother. Verse 29. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Brothers, brothers and sisters, this is showing that believers should not tolerate sin as an integral part of their lives. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 29. And if thy right eye offend thee, Pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Right. So brothers and sisters, if an individual has a sinful habit, he or she should overcome it, even though the process may be as painful as the loss of an arm or a leg. That's what this scripture is saying, brothers and sisters. It would be better to cut that part off than to burn for eternity. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 29. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should, be, should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Right. So Christ is saying that it's far better to forsake a sinful pleasure than to lose salvation, brothers and sisters. If re Read that one more time, brother, from the top, please. 
Verse 29. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Right. So now some Christians may be asking, if we're saved by grace and not by works, how can Paul and Christ both say that if we don't kill our sin, we'll end up in hell? Because that's, that's what Christians are thinking. Why would I need to do that if the law is done away with? Exactly. Now you're asking the right questions. And the answer is Matthew 7 and 21, brothers and sisters. Just a few chapters over. Just a few chapters over. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Right. So the New Testament, brothers and sisters, frequently has warnings to those who profess to know Christ but show no evidence of it. Those who truly know Christ live in obedience to him, brothers and sisters, which means they kill their sin. We kill our sin. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. So there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, well, didn't I tell people to follow the Sabbath? And didn't I tell them about the holidays? The Most High is saying, read, read, read that again, brother. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. Right. Brothers and sisters, how a person lives their life is proof. If he or she is a follower of Christ, the fruit, brothers and sisters, that can't be denied. You either have good fruit or you have bad fruit, brothers and sisters. You either sow into the flesh or we're sowing to the spirit. And it's evident from everybody that's looking. Continue, brother. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Ye that work sin. So everybody who claims they're a Christian or a follower of Christ, that's not the case, brothers and sisters. Now, sin always dangles a promise of happiness, fulfillment, and satisfaction before the victim, brothers and sisters. But it's only bait to lure you into the trap, which leads to eternal death, brothers and sisters. It will dangle it there. If you, if you do this, I'll give you everything you need. Everything you want, can, you can obtain it through this sin. It's not a blessing if you have the sin to get it, brothers and sisters. We're going to Mark. Chapter 7, verse 20. We're going to stay in the gospel for a while, brothers and sisters, for those Christians out there. Mark 7 and 20. And he said, That which cometh out of the man that defileth it, the man, from where from within. Math, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, brother. Mark 7 and 20. You're right. <clears throat> Mark 7, verse 20. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. Right, so brothers and sisters, focusing on the body as the instrument through which sinful deeds of the flesh are expressed. Until Christ returns, we live in a body, a body that's prone towards sin, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Verse 21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, 
fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Brothers and sisters, sin is sin, even on a thought level, before it ever displays itself through the body. Satan uses sin as a stumbling block before the runner, brothers and sisters, to deter them from finishing the race. Sin is a stumbling block, brothers and sisters. Words of the world are stumbling blocks, brothers and sisters. Now, if you're in a race and you stumble, you're behind now. So we have to make sure that we're able to hurdle those stumbling blocks. We're going to go to Isaiah 8 and 15, brothers and sisters. And it's not. Isaiah 8, verse 15. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. See? So brothers and sisters, athletes train to sustain and persevere in the face of adversity. We must be able to hurdle sin. We must be able to leap over temptation, brothers and sisters. Because why? Read that one more time. Verse 15. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. See? So during this race, many will stumble and fall, brothers and sisters, and be broken. We must learn how to hurdle. We must learn how to jump. We must learn how to leap, brothers and sisters, because the, the temptation will come. There's no, there's no doubt about that, brothers and sisters. The temptation will come. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, brothers and sisters? We're going to leap. We're going to hurdle. We're going to put on the full armor of the Most High. And we're going to take it head on. We're going to Ezekiel. Chapter 3, verse 20. Since we're talking about stumbling blocks, what are those stumbling blocks? Ezekiel 3, verse 20. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. Again, when a righteous man does turn from his righteous righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Brothers and sisters, the stumbling block of sins, which is designed to present an occasion of sinning. The stumbling block is giving you an occasion to sin, brothers and sisters. It's giving you an opportunity to sin. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 20. Again. When a righteous man does turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Further proof that iniquity or sin is a stumbling block. Because thou hast not given him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered. But his blood will I require at thy hand. So it's the duty of the prophets or the shepherds, brothers and sisters, of each and every one of us with truth to therefore not only seek to save the wicked from his evil way, but also to warn the righteous against falling into the same path, brothers and sisters. And we're going to show you the warning. Here's the warning. Ecclesiasticus or Sirach, chapter 2. We're going to read verse 1 through 5. This is the warning, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 2, verse 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord... Prepare thy soul for temptation. Read that again, brother. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. See? So if you come to serve the Most High, if you come to this race, brothers and sisters, understand there will be adversity and there will be temptation. Satan, the great tempter, uses deceit to convince us that our flesh-driven desires are not in conflict with what the Most High wants from us. Sometimes when things aren't going right, we run to the devil we know. We're going to show you. Continue, brother. Verse 2. 
Set thy heart aright and constantly endure. And make not haste in the time of trouble. See, constantly endure. This is a race, brothers and sisters. You must endure to the end, brothers and sisters. You can't do it for a year. So, you know what? I did the Sabbath for, you know, all year. Didn't really, you know, didn't eat no pork all year. But, no, I can take off for a month. Hey, I did a whole year. Year? One month? Hey, I got credit. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 2. Set thy heart aright and constantly endure. And make not haste in the time of trouble. Make not haste in time of trouble. Because why? When things are not going as we believe they should go, as rapidly as we believe it should go, a lot of times we run back to say, well, I'm going to just go back to what I know. I'm going to just go back to selling drugs and not getting the money that I, I believe I should be getting. I'm going to just go back to stripping. No, nah, you know, I'm going to just slow it one line. I'm not going to go, just one. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going all the way back. I just, I'm stressed, you know, I need to need a bottle. That's all. See? So that's what happens. When trouble comes, we run back to the devil that we know. Continue, brother. Verse 3. Cleave unto him and depart not away, that thou mayest be increased at thy last end. So cleave to him when we're being tempted, brothers and sisters. On this race, there will be temptation. As you're running, you'll look to the left. There's temptation there. You look to the right, there's temptation there. So you have to have <laughs> tunnel vision. It's not good to have peripherals when you're running for Christ, brothers and sisters. Remember, when Peter took his eye off Christ, he started to sink, brothers and sisters. So there's a lot of things going on around you because Satan wants you to look. Because while you're looking, everybody else is running. Everybody else is running. Don't look, brothers and sisters. Run to the kingdom. Run to the light that is Christ, brothers and sisters. Because he already made it evident that if you come to serve the Most High, prepare thy soul for temptation, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully, and be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. See, whatever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully. That's the key part, brothers and sisters. Because why? He already told us there will be temptation. You must take it cheerfully. You must take it on the chin, and you must engage it. Don't run from it. Run to it. A lot of times, the very thing that we're running from is what we should be engaging, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully, and be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. And be patient, brothers and sisters. So when Satan throw these things at you, take it cheerfully, because you know that the Bible tells you that the the the, the pain that you go through while you're dealing with your your adversity is not even comparable to the reward that we receive when we actually get it, brothers and sisters. It fails a comparison. So the Bible says what? It says, be patient when thou art changed to a lower state to show you that you will be changed to a lower state. It didn't say if, it said when, brothers and sisters. Read it again, please, brother. Verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully and be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. That lower state usually come in the beginning. That's why it's telling you, prepare thy soul for temptation. You will be brought low because you have to lose everything that Satan gave you. You got to lose it all. So the most high can give it to you because if he give it to you, nobody can take it away. But if you got it through the work of your hand, through the drugs that you were selling, through swinging your behind on a pole, if you got it through that, then you're not going to be able to hold it. It's going to it's going to be like a vase with a hole in it that can't hold water, brothers and sisters. If he give it to you, nobody can take it away, brothers and sisters. Nobody. Continue, brother. Verse five. For gold is tried in the fire. 
an acceptable man in the furnace of adversity. See, so the furnace of affliction, brothers and sisters, this is where he proved you. Because why, why should you receive the reward if we can't prove your loyalty? Right. It's just like when brothers, you, you know, you're in the world, you get in a relationship with a woman. The first week she asked you, to, can you buy me a new car? First week, you're like, whoa, whoa, wow, whoa. Oh, can we, can we make sure you're here for the right reasons? Can we make sure, you know, this is real here, right? Right? Sisters, in a relationship with a brother, first week, the brother like, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to have a baby. I'm, I'm try- Matter of fact, you should move in with me. See? This is what happens, brother. You wouldn't give it to them, would you? So why would the Most High give it to you without proving you first, brothers and sisters? You must go through that adversity. He must be able to prove you first. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. For gold is tried in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. See, acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. It's not, it's not how you, it's not if you get knocked down, it's how you get up, brothers and sisters. How do you act when there's adversity? Because when everything's going well, everybody's happy. But what happens when things aren't going well? Who are you then? Who, who are you then? Who are we then, brothers and sisters? Gold is tried in the furnace. So the adversity, the affliction that we go through, brothers and sisters, is actually proven if he can trust us. You, we don't deserve a reward if you cannot go through the pain, if you cannot go through the struggle, through the adversity. Plain and simple, brothers and sisters, not just for you all, for me, for all of us, for our mothers and fathers. For our grandfathers, for everybody, brothers and sisters. This isn't mutually exclusive to you. Everybody must be proved, brothers and sisters. Everybody must be brought low. And just because it don't look like it, you don't know what's going on in people's lives, especially Israelites. We're good at hiding things. We're good at showing you what we want you to see, brothers and sisters. Right? Israelites do not share their private business. <laughs> you know that. You grew up. You knew, you, you knew better. Not to be telling people what was going on at your mother's house. You knew better. You just knew. You keep that in the house. So just because it doesn't seem like people may be struggling, most people are two checks away from being homeless, brothers and sisters. That's a fact. That's a fact, brothers and sisters. So, in adversity, in that furnace of affliction, is when the Most High is trying your loyalty. How much is enough to break him down. Because see, Satan will say, you know what? only thing I got to do is take these two things from him and he'll go back to selling drugs. Because see, what Satan believes is that during the story of Job, that man would only worship the Most High if he was paid to do so, pretty much. He said, well, Job is only, he's only worshiping you because you give him everything. So he believes that the only way man will follow the Most High is if he's gaining something monetarily for it. And it's our duty to prove that that's not true, brothers and sisters. Even when the blessing, you don't see the blessing, brothers and sisters. Even when the affliction, the furnace is hot, this is where you prove. Because we're in Jacob's trouble, brothers and sisters, and it's going to get hot. And you can't be amongst people who can't take, if you can't take the heat, get out the kitchen. Because it's going down, brothers and sisters. And we, we have to be amongst people who can take the heat, brothers and sisters. If a little bit of heat melts you and burn you down, you need to examine that, brothers and sisters. You have to examine that because it's going to get hot. It will get hot, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. Running the race, brothers and sisters. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read verse 6 through 9. Hebrews 12 and 6. 
For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Read that again, brother. Verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. He disciplined. He, he, for who the Most High love, he disciplined. And he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. See? So if he received you, he's going to chastise you. He's going to discipline you. He's going to reprove you, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Right. So what it's saying is a father discipline his son if he love his son. If he don't discipline his son, it's because he don't care enough to even talk about it. <laughs> he don't even care enough. What father who love his child don't discipline his son? Read that again, brother. Verse 7. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? Further proof that the man is the disciplinary. Further proof. A woman is a nurturer. That father, that man that's there, he's going to be the one to hold the children accountable, brothers and sisters. That's what he's supposed to do. You let the woman nurture him. After you, you know, after you done disciplined him, go in on to your mama. Go over there and cry to her. Be all right. That's what happens. And then she... I, tried, I told you, your father, I tried to tell you. <laughs> right? That's what happens. The father yep. or the man is supposed to discipline, brothers and sisters, supposed to teach accountability and responsibility. Discipline don't always mean a spanking, brothers and sisters. Understand there's many forms of discipline, but structure must be learned through a man. Accountability and responsibility must be learned or taught through a man, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? Why did we go here? Because the previous scripture said, prepare thyself for temptation. This is why you're being tempted, brothers and sisters. Because he's trying to prove you. This is He's trying to prove us, brothers and sisters. To see, are we worthy? If you're going to rule the earth, if you're going to govern the earth, govern angels. If you're going to have all that responsibility, we've got to make sure you're right. We've got to make sure you're good. So those who have some level of, uh, they're in a position of some of teachers, those are the ones that Satan really going to come after, brothers and sisters. So don't ever look at a man and say, well, because he, he appears to be righteous, that nothing could ever happen. Nothing could overtake this man because that's the one he's going to go after. Because if he get to that one, it'll get to everybody that that man is dealing with, brothers and sisters. So don't ever look at a man and think that he's something great. We're servants, brothers and sisters. We are all servants. Nobody's Moses here. Nobody's Christ here, brothers and sisters. I don't care how many scriptures they know. Continue, brother. Verse 8. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. See, so if the Most High don't chastise you, he's not your father. Bastard is a fatherless son. A son with no father. So if he don't chastise you and test you and give you trials and tribulation, then he don't love you, brothers and sisters. A father discipline his son or his daughter, his children, brothers and sisters. That's how you know he loves you. Children nowadays, they think the opposite because that's what society tells them. But trust me, if a man or father don't care, he, he don't care enough to discipline. Whatever happens, you go out there and get shot in the street. It don't really matter to him. He don't care enough to give his energy to it. If he care enough to give his energy to it, that's because he loves you, brothers and sisters. The same way the Most High is doing the Most High love us, so He's going to chastise us, brothers and sisters. And we have to take it cheerfully. We must take it cheerfully because that's part of getting, you know, 
spiritual development. It's not a well, well, woe is me, woe is this, woe is that. No, no. Listen, when Satan punch you in the face, you, I got, you want some? I'll take more. Punch me some more. I'll take it. I'll take it for Christ. I'll take the punch to the face for Christ. Take it cheerfully, brothers and sisters. Because when people see that, they really don't know how to react. They're like, what is he smiling about? He, he's poor. He, he has no job. He's black. They don't understand it, brothers and sisters. Take it cheerfully. Take it cheerfully. Never show them that you're down. Never show them. Even if you may be, you never show it, brothers and sisters. Uh, what scriptures you leave off on, brother? I just finished eight. Okay. Uh, verse nine, please. Verse nine. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which correct, which corrected us. Further proof that the father should be correcting his son. And we gave them reverence. See, so we, our fathers, when we got older, not when, not five minutes after the spanking. When you got older, you like, you know what, Dad? <laughs> I understand why. I understand why. Of course, you don't want to hear none of that. <laughs> Remember your parents used to say, well, this hurts hurts me more than you. I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> See? So we give reverence to our, our mothers and our fathers who actually disciplined us as we get older and understand. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave, re- we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? See? So, brothers and sisters, the Most High is allowing this because He loves us. He loves us, brothers and sisters. He's going to correct you and give you discipline because He loves you, not because He don't love you. A lot of our people, the laws, those laws are going to keep you alive for a long time, brothers and sisters. Eternity. The Most High loved you. He chastised you. He allowed temptation to come to prove you. Right? The Most High went to, remember, he told Satan, have you tried my servant Job? See, so he knew Job was strong, so he was boasting him. He like, test him out. Test him out. Why don't you test Job out and see? Since you believe that people will only follow me if I'm giving them something, they must be persuaded to test him out. See, that's what you want. You want the Most High to use you as an example. Just say, go ahead, try to break him down. Break her, try to break her down. That's glorious, brothers and sisters, that the Most High boasts with you in mind to know that you will never break. There's nothing that somebody can do to get you to break that law or whatever it is that, you know, you shouldn't be doing. Because Satan, no. He's like, okay, if I just drop one more brick on the shoulder, he'll collapse. Just have one more thing go wrong, he'll drop it all. Don't allow it, brothers and sisters. Do not allow it. You must endure to the end. It's a marathon, brothers and sisters. It's not a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. We're gonna train for that marathon, brothers and sisters. We're going to James chapter one. A lot of people don't know that James was non-canonical at one point, brothers and sisters. James was they didn't allow people to read James. There's a reason for that. Revelations was non-canonical at one point, brothers and sisters. And I always bring that up to Christians. When I try to introduce the Apographer, because these books weren't even canonical. And you read those, so there was other books that, according to them, are not canonical. But are spiritually inspired and stimulate study, brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse 12. James 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endured temptation. Read that again, brother. 
Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Read that again. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. You must endure, brothers and sisters, the temptation. Now, some people count it as suffering, brothers and sisters. But you must endure that temptation because then you shall receive the crown of life. The Most High must prove you first, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. But when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Not if he's tried, when he's tried, brothers and sisters. See? So if you want to be on that all-Olympic track team, that running team, you must prove yourself. You must prove. Because why? You must show the way to our people who are in darkness and to the Gentiles, brothers and sisters. You must show the Gentiles. This world is out of order, number one, because we're not in our rightful position. And then you have pagans... Ruling everything, brothers and sisters. They need the truth too. Because they need to reverence our God. And they need to reverence Christ. And they need to reverence us. The only way that's going to happen is if we lead by example. There's a difference between a, a boss and a leader. A boss tell you what to do. A leader show you what to do because he's doing it already. So he's leading you. He's showing you. Do what I'm doing. A boss, point. Do this. Do that. Do this. Do that. We're not bosses. We're leaders, brothers and sisters. The most high is the boss. We're the leaders. Uh, go to verse 2, brother. James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it, all, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. See, so some count it as what? Suffering. But how can your faith be tried if there's no obstacles or there's no temptation, brothers and sisters? Read that again, brother, please. Verse 2. My brethren. Count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. See? So when you complain, he's going to make you wait longer. Because the whole reason why you're in that situation is because he's trying to prove your patience. That's why he said take it cheerfully, because if you don't, he's going to continue it. He's going to extend whatever it is that you're going through longer. I tell, a brother asked me years ago, he said... When I fast, sometimes I get irritable. What's that about? I said, brother, if you're irritable, you need to fast longer. That means the thing, whatever it is, is still there. You need to fast till you're no longer irritable, brother. That's how it is. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Read that again. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, and enter and enter. Wanting nothing. See, let patience have her perfect work, brothers and sisters. The Most High didn't forget. He wants you to be patient. And he wants you to take it cheerfully. Cheerfully. And if you do that, then, then and only then will he give you what you want. If you're not patient, then you're going to have to go get it on your own. And you know how that's going to end up. He's going to let you get it right there. Then he's going to blow it down like a, a stack of cards. So we must be patient, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of us, including myself. Everything don't happen when I think things should happen. But I got so much other stuff I have to focus on, just like you all. If you focus on what, what's not going right, while that's happening, everybody's running past you, brothers and sisters. We must stay focused on this race, brothers and sisters. The Bible tells you to expect adversity, to expect hardship, brothers and sisters. And we must walk in the light in order to keep from stumbling, brothers and sisters. Because you can't run a race in the dark. We're going to show you. 
We're going to Psalms 56 and 13, brothers and sisters. Follow us, please. We're preparing for a race for a marathon, brothers and sisters. This is going to be, this is going to be a long race, brothers and sisters. It's going to be a long race, and you must have perfect patience to be perfected. Because a lot of times, if you move too quickly, you actually move backwards, brothers and sisters. Sometimes, when you take a when you're taking a shortcut to avoid something, that shortcut actually leads you right into what you were trying to avoid, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So we must be patient and allow him to guide us. Verse 13, brother, please. Psalms 56 and 13. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Read that again, brother, please. Verse 13. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? Deliver my feet from falling. That's a stumbling block. When we walk in the light of Christ, we don't stumble in sinful choices, brothers and sisters. That I may walk before God in the light of the living. Right. So we are compelled by the spirit. We are compelled by the light to recognize and resist the temptations of the flesh, brothers and sisters. Our decisions to walk away or to walk towards sin will have an effect on the brightness of the light within our lives, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 13. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Will not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? That's why we must be patient, brothers and sisters, because he will deliver us. He will deliver us, brothers and sisters, but you have to wait on him. You have to wait on him, brothers and sisters. Brothers, let's say your girlfriend, your wife, she asks you to borrow $20. You tell her, I got you. Hold on. I'll give it to you later on. She go get it from another brother. How you feel about that? I told you, hold on. I was, I was going to go borrow that same 20 from that brother and give it to you. I didn't want you asking for it, though, right? <laughs> so it's the same thing. You got to remember, we're, we're the Most High's wife. We're, we're Christ's bride, brothers and sisters. He don't want us to go to no other well. We don't need to get water from any other well but him, brothers and sisters. And you can go back to that well as many times as you want, as long as you're being obedient, as long as we're being obedient, brothers and sisters. He don't want you to go anywhere else. He want to provide for you. Brothers and sisters, he want to provide for us. You have to allow him to provide, but you must be patient. You must wait. We must wait, brothers and sisters, because if you don't, you're going to bring more hardship on yourself because you didn't receive it the way it was meant to be received, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to John chapter 8, verse 12, going back to the gospel. We're running this race, brothers and sisters, and we shall finish it. When preparation meets opportunity, it's a beautiful thing, brothers and sisters. It's just like when you used to have those tests and you prepared all week for that test and then you finally get there, you like, this is easy. <laughs> I got all the answers. I know this. I studied this. You must train, brothers and sisters. You don't go into a, a boxing match without training, thinking that you're just going to come off the street and box and have endurance and stamina. Don't happen like that, brothers and sisters. You must train. This is a, this is a, a long-distance marathon Brothers and sisters, and we're going to run this together. Verse 12, brothers. John 8 and 12. Then spake Christ again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We need that light, brothers and sisters, in order to finish this race. 
to walk in the light is to have a daily commitment to living out a a righteous life, brothers and sisters. Those who are compelled to walk in the light resist fellowship with the darkness of the devil, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 12. Then spake Christ again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Right. So walking in the light renews and refreshes us within, brothers and sisters, from the inside out, so that we're empowered to be a refreshment to those who may come in contact with us, brothers and sisters. We need this light to run. You have that light. You share that light so others can run, brothers and sisters. We want, we want all of our brothers and sisters to get into the kingdom. It's not. How does it benefit you to have all the knowledge and then to keep it to yourself and just sit up in the house with all this high knowledge that you have? It only works if we all there, brothers and sisters. If you ever been a friend, you go out with your friends, you don't want to have money. That's not really fun, is it? It's not fun unless everybody can get it. So we all want to get in, brothers and sisters, and we must assist each other. We must endure to the end, brothers and sisters. We must take temptation cheerfully, brothers and sisters. We must sustain. We're going to go to Psalms 55 and 22. Psalms chapter 55, we're going to read verse 22. Psalms 55, verse 22. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Right, the burden of afflictions, brothers and sisters, is very heavy. Especially when coupled with the temptations of Satan. God will carry both thee and thy load. He will carry you and the load, the burden. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 22. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Right. So while a man is righteous, trust and depends on the Most High, he will never su- the Most High will never suffer him to be shaken, brothers and sisters. If you use him as your foundation, your fortitude, you will never be shaken, brothers and sisters, because that is the rock. That is the rock. That is the light, brothers and sisters. The Most High will carry your burden and he will carry you, brothers and sisters. We must go to him. We must go to him. We must submit to him. We must be patient and allow him to give it to us, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. New Testament, brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Know ye not... That they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the price. So run that ye may obtain. Perseverance, brothers and sisters, is essential for successful living. The Apostle Paul compares the pursuit of followers of Christ to a foot race. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the price. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Right. So any man that striveth for the mastery is temperate, brothers and sisters. So this is talking about training, brothers and sisters, training our spirit. Only the foolish attempt to run a marathon without preparation, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 25. 
And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So in the traditional race, they're running. There's one winner to get a gold medal. But we're all running for the kingdom. And all of us can win. It's not just one person, but it's not the first person who know they're an Israelite and get baptized. Doesn't that don't really? If somebody find out they're an Israelite and get baptized the day before Christ come back, they're gonna get the same reward as somebody who's been doing it forty five years, brothers and sisters. No matter how much work you have, it's the same penance. It's the same penny, brothers and sisters. So don't think because somebody been in it however long that somehow they're gonna get a higher reward than you. Don't work like that, brothers and sisters. Don't work like that. Continue, brother. Verse 26. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Right. So it says, I, I so therefore run, uh, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beareth the air. So as, uh, as a, a marathon runner, a traditional marathon runner is running for something that's corruptible. We're running for something that's incorruptible, brothers and sisters. In simple day-to-day disciplines such as prayer, studying, preparing, prepares one's faith to endure and help prevent those in a race from being disqualified, brothers and sisters. This is the training that we must go through in order to stay afloat. Can you read uh, that again, brother? Verse 26. I, therefore, so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. See, so those who are in a position to teach at some point are going to be held to a higher standard. So he said, listen, I must remember to be humble because a lot of times our people, when they get some level of position, they get proud. When you when they walk in the room, everybody got to stand up at attention. I know Israelites out there where they got to stand up at attention with another brother who struggled with sin just like you walk in the room. So he's saying this to keep himself humble. Even though I'm, I'm able to, to share information and truth, I must make sure that I follow that same advice that I'm giving out. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others... I myself should be a castaway. Right. So, brothers and sisters, in a race, in a marathon, you need a sustainable pace. You need to know when you can use energy and when you need to, you know, take your time. You can't, you don't start off a 10-mile race running full speed ahead, all your energy. You must learn to pace yourself. And that pacing comes through Christ. We're going to show you. We're going to Isaiah 40, verse 31. We need a sustainable pace, brothers and sisters, or we will burn out. Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. See, this is that sustainable pace, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. See, so brothers, you need a sustainable pace. Or you'll fall out. You'll exert all your energy, brothers and sisters. You'll hit that wall. Believers sometimes try to accomplish too much too quickly, brothers and sisters, relying on our own strength rather than on the most highs. And those runners often find themselves fatigued and burned out, brothers and sisters. Waiting on the most highs timing 
sets an appropriate pace. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we must learn endurance. We must learn discipline. It takes discipline to get yourself in shape. To get your spirit in shape, brothers and sisters. And we're going to discipline ourselves. So when that when that marathon is a little bit longer than we actually thought it was, we still got gas in the tank. We still got reserve in the tank to continue. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read verse 13 and 14, brothers and sisters. Philippians 3 and 13. <clears throat> Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Right. So, brothers and sisters, in the middle of a long race, runners may hit the wall where they feel physically and emotionally spent. From their perspective, the finish line is far away and quitting is a strong temptation. But this should be our mindset. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 13. Brethren. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forget the past. And reaching forth into those things which are before. Look ahead. Don't even worry about what you've already overcome. Just worry about getting, finishing this race, brothers and sisters. Don't worry about what's behind you. Don't worry about, because a lot of times we know we've sinned. Maybe a brother was a fornicator and he said, man, I can't, you know, I can't share no truth, man. I can't, I can't do nothing. I was, everybody knew me for fornicating. I can't share no truth. And see, that's a tool from Satan. That's a tool from Satan to keep you bound by that particular sin that you use. So now you, you're ashamed to even share the truth. When that same truth, somebody may have heard it. One person, two people, whoever knows. But sometimes our people feel ashamed for what we used to do. We're looking behind us and that that impedes our uh, our success. It's an impediment to our success, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse thirteen, brethren, count not. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do: forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ. Right. It says, I press. Towards the mark, towards the kingdom, brothers and sisters. When we continue to run, choosing obedience over emotions, we eventually experience a second wind, brothers and sisters. A renewal of God's strength to sustain us. When you wait, he is sustaining you, brothers and sisters. But if you go on your own, you're going to be out there on your own. And he will give you enough rope to hang yourself, brothers and sisters. So it, it would behoove us to wait on his timing. He's setting a sustainable pace, brothers and sisters. A lot of times we're excited and we just run. And then you run out of oil. You run out of the light. And now you're in the darkness. Now we're in the darkness, stumbling around. We must keep that light, brothers and sisters. We must be around people who have that light. So if you get dim, your brother, he'll carry you. He'll help you with that light. Your sister will help you with that light. Because why? She's running that same race. He's running up those same hills. <laughs> He's doing all those same exercises as you. So if he can do it or she can do it, you can do it. And that's the motivation, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. We're going to read verse nine, uh, chapter 9, verse 11. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 11. I returned and saw un under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to, to them all. Right. So it says, brothers and sisters, the race is not to the swift. It's not to who can run the fastest, brothers and sisters. It, what the scripture is, is, is um, trying to convey to us is that we cannot calculate on the issues of life, brothers and sisters. You can't calculate on hindrances and oppositions because time and opportunity for incident happen to all people. So there's certain things that you're going to have in your life that you can't prepare for purposely so you can rely on them. And I know a lot of our people don't like that. We like to be prepared. We like to be in control. He's going to put you in positions where you can't control it because he wants you to rely on him. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 11. I returned. And saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. See, so the things that you actually prepared using, he's going to make you use something else, brothers and sisters. Some people think, well, because I have money, this is going to be easy. Well, he's going to make sure that your money don't help you. So those things that you're looking to fall back on as a safety net instead of the most high, he's not going to allow that. He's going to put you in a position that only he can get you out of. Verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. Time and chance happen to all. So if don't exert your energy because if something unforeseen pop up and you don't have energy left because you thought you were at the door, then it's going to be a struggle. So we must avoid exerting all of our energy too early. Brothers and sisters, running the right pace in a marathon is critical to a successful finish. And pacing is the idea of introducing a controlled moderation to your race, brothers and sisters. And that's what we have to do, because why? If you burn out, that leads to fatigue, loss of motivation, depression, even anger, brothers and sisters. Anybody who worked out or played sports understand that once you're fatigued, you start making mistakes and most of them are mental. Because you're tired and you can't think straight. That's why we must build our stamina, brothers and sisters. Uh, read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happened to them all. Time and chance happened to them all, brothers and sisters. So there will be incidents of affliction that you can't prepare for. And it will be for everybody. It's not like the Most High is only testing you. He's testing everybody in their own way. Because everybody have different things that move them. So what may move one brother may not move another brother. What's temptation to one sister may not be temptation to another sister. So you can't look at somebody else and say, Well, how did he get this and get that and get this and get that? He's on his own walk, brothers and sisters. She's on their own walk. So you cannot measure yourself against somebody else. Because what the Most High have for you, he have for you, brothers and sisters. So when, you know, people sometimes they come and they, they let the church know what they're going through. You know, I, I identify with it. You know, I, you know, I'm not dismissive about it, but I can't really feel that bad. Because that's what the Most High have you go through to build your faith. 
That's what he's having you go through. We all have to go through it, brothers and sisters. You just make sure you just must you just must have to make sure that you have enough oil, enough light to sustain you through that dark period. Through that time of struggle, through that time of adversity. And we won't always have time to study and get the books. Right now, internet is free. I mean, it's not free, but if you pay for it, of course. But at this time, you can get internet. You can get books. There's going to come a time where they're going to shut this internet down, brothers and sisters. Because why? There's too much truth out there on uh, YouTube and Google and these things, they're going to shut it down, brothers and sisters. And then you're only going to be able to deal with the information that you have. You may not be able to contact your brother because phone's going to only be for people with Mark of the Beast. Internet only going to be for people with Mark of the Beast. So we must prepare now because they will take it away. They're going to take it away, brothers and sisters. And the only thing you're going to have is the knowledge in your notes. The notes that you've taken and the knowledge you have to be able to lead your family. You're not going to be able to go on the internet to... Uh, Bible Gateway, Bible Hub. You're not going to be able to do any of that, brothers and sisters. You're going to have to go into your notes, go into your recollection, go into what you know, what you study, and lead your family out of danger. We're going to go to John 4 and 14 because one thing you need to complete a race is what? Hydration. You must stay hydrated spiritually. You must stay hydrated spiritually, brothers and sisters. We're going to John 4 and 14. How do we stay spiritually hydrated so we don't collapse? John 4, verse 14. This is Christ. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Right. See? So, brothers and sisters, the scripture is water. The scripture is bread, brothers and sisters. That you'll never thirst again. This is what you need to fuel you. This is what you need to empower you. This is it, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. This is how you stay spiritually hydrated. Verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. See, so this living water is not an external supply, which must be sought to meet the reoccurring physical want. But it's an inner, uh, inner level of hydration, brothers and sisters. A never-failing source of hydration, brothers and sisters. The fountain of living water, which satisfies every want and need to he who has it, can endure the entire race, brothers and sisters. You must stay hydrated. And this is the hydration, brothers and sisters. This is the hydration. When you see marathon runners, there's certain checkpoints where there's water there. So they can stay hydrated, brothers and sisters, before they start cramping up. Because if you if you don't hydrate yourself with the word of God, you will cramp up, brothers and sisters. Muscles start getting tight. You can't walk now. Now you need a stretcher or a wheelchair now. Spiritually, you're crippled. So we must stay close to that source of water, of living water, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Galatians 6 and 9 to buffer that point. Galatians 6, verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. If what? If we faint not. See? So if we complete the race, we shall receive the full reward of all of our self-denials and charities, brothers and sisters. You will receive a reward for denying your flesh. 
We must go on to persevere in our course of well-doing. Otherwise, we cannot expect to reap the reward, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See? So the commandment shouldn't be a burden to you, brothers and sisters. Doing charity shouldn't be a burden to you, brothers and sisters. We should look at it and take it joyful, joyfully. Because if we, if we look at it as a burden, we will faint. Because your mind is the strongest muscle you have. If you're telling yourself you're tired of running, you're getting ready to give up, brothers and sisters. You're about to collapse. So you can't even go to that thought in your mind, brothers and sisters. We must prepare for a long distance race rather than a short sprint, brothers and sisters. We're going to end it here. We're going to Proverbs 4 and 25. Proverbs 4 and 25. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Read that again, brother. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Right. So what this is saying, brothers and sisters, if you examine is that this particular walk requires commitment and concentration, brothers and sisters. You can't look at all these cares of the world in order to do this race. You must focus on him and him only. Everything else will come in due time in its proper season, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 25. Let thine eyes look, look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Right. So remember to focus on the goal. Set our eyes on Christ, and we'll stay on track, brothers and sisters. If you remove your eyes from your point, then you'll go off track, brothers and sisters. To win, runners must look straight ahead without being distracted by competitors or other things that's going on, brothers and sisters. So today's lesson is running the race, brothers and sisters. And we hope that through the spirit of the Most High God, through the spirit of Ahia, that the scriptures provided the, the spiritual training needed to overcome this marathon that we call life, brothers and sisters. We want to say, Kwam Yashara. Kwam Yashara. Sin no more. Sin no more.